Jesus said we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But what if the place we go to is hostile toward the gospel? What if the place is our work environment? What if it's our community? What do we do when the place you want to share the gospel is volatile and hostile to that gospel? Let's see what the Bible says about that. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you clicked on this. If you would, go ahead and like and subscribe to our channel, and you can comment if you have any questions or thoughts. Uh, We'd love to hear what you have to say. All right, so today we're excited to have Wayne Hamilton joining us on our podcast, and uh, most of you probably don't know who Wayne is. I do. Uh, True, it's just learning who Wayne is, but uh, I grew up with Wayne uh, as friend and, and mentor here in Ovilla back in the day. So... Uh, we're going to hear from Wayne today on this subject of earning the right to share your faith. And you'll see why uh, he's the, a great candidate for this conversation today. So, Wayne, introduce yourself. Tell us about what you do, where you live, and your wife. Well, thanks for uh, having me. I, um, I've enjoyed, um, before the podcast here, getting to chat about old times. Yeah. And uh, that's that's fun. Uh, I, um, I actually live over in, in uh, Hill County on a, a a ranch over there, and my wife is Kara, and she has a business, and and uh, she's gourmet food business, and yeah. been doing that about ten years. And wow. It's okay to That's tell awesome. what that is. It's uh, leaning our salsa, and if uh, you're anywhere around a, a central market yes. or a wow. market street, uh, okay, go in and buy nice. some and yeah. buy a lot, please. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. So, awesome. you, but you also spend a lot of time in Austin. Yes, I do. I, um, uh, I have a place in Austin. I have an office in Austin. I work in Austin, and um, uh, I do political consulting. I do lobby work. I do uh, a lot of government affairs work. And um, uh, you know, my background is is campaign work, political work. Wow, um, nice. So you're in and around the capital a lot, a whole lot, a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. So, but you grow up here in Ovilla, and. This is a different place. Ovilla is not Austin. <laughs> Ovilla is not Austin. Yeah. That, that is the understatement. <laughs> yeah. And I'm grateful for it. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you get from Ovilla yeah. to Austin? How does that happen? And in what time frame are you living in Ovilla? Yeah. Um, up in, I lived in Ovilla up until like uh, 96, maybe mm-hmm. that area in there. Mm-hmm. Uh and and that's when I moved down to to Austin uh, at the time to work for State Representative Jim Pitts. Mm. And uh, but uh, I guess my original, um, uh, as as you know, Brian, we yeah. uh, Brian and I uh, did just kind of local, um, not really politics. We we informed people about where the the political figures stood on things. Right. And we uh, we the the. Through Ovilla Road Baptist Church, we uh, we had a little. It's not even a scorecard. It's just um, uh, kind of a magazine, a, a tabloid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we just let let the local candidates kind of put a blurb about what they uh, mm-hmm. what they believed and 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 kind of uh, directed the subjects that people yeah. uh, uh, that the church uh, would be interested in and, and right. got people to comment on them. Yeah. And, and from there, Ron Brown. There you go. Yeah, I went to work for Ellis County Commissioner Precinct 4, Ron Brown, who's yes. still one of my closest friends. And mm. uh, uh, from there, Congressman Joe Barton. And wow. anyway. Yeah, so, all awesome. the way to where you are today. Yeah. 
so um, I want everybody to have a frame of reference for why, again, why you're here today. And I know the last thing you want to do is boast about what you do necessarily and who you get to run with. But to just have everybody have perspective, would you mind name dropping a little just so that we could know who is it that you're working with, who are you, who are you walking beside? Well, give you a, a quick bio. And uh, uh, you're right. I don't like talking about myself because yep. I don't even like, you do a, you do a, Search on me a Google search, and I've done everything I can over the years to stay out of the media, yep. stay um, out out of the spotlight. The last few years, I've had to be a little bit more active because of a, a, a thing I'm doing called a Project Red Text down in South Texas. But uh, mm. uh, I'm, after I worked for um, uh, Congressman Barton, I went to uh, uh, State Representative Jim Pitts. From there, um, my things kind of took a, a pretty, I'm not saying different turn, but a little bit more aggressive turn in politics. Mm. Uh, I left Jim Pitts. I went to the Republican Party of Texas as the executive director under Susan Weddington. Yeah. And yeah, Susan, yeah. great lady and <clears throat> incredible. She she passed a couple of years ago, but she is, um, mm. she was unbelievable. A, a, a great lady of faith, great prayer warrior, great leader. And uh, she was just what, what the party needed at the time. Yeah. I spent uh, six years, four months, and six days as executive director of the Republican Party of Texas, the mm. longest serving in the history wow. of the party to date. Wow. Well, I don't know what that says about me. But, uh, <laughs> that's a tough job. Yeah. And from there, I, I went into, uh, I joined a um, uh, political consulting firm, uh, went into lobbying, uh, and uh, from there, I did some work for Governor Perry, uh, was Governor Perry's national political director mm. um, on his first uh, um, uh, presidential run. Uh, did work for, uh, still do work for Senator Kelly Hancock. Um, uh, I produced all of of Governor Perry's uh, inaugurations. Me and a lady named Leah Zaccanino mm. uh, produced seven <clears throat> uh, state conventions. Uh, after that, I went to I ran Governor Abbott's. Um, uh, 2014 campaign, mm. and um, uh, then from and and produced his first uh, inauguration, and then from there went back into the lobby, and and in 2018 started Project Red Text, and mm. uh, you know I I do a whole lot, um, and and do a whole lot of special projects, but uh, Project Red Text and lobbying is pretty much yeah. what I'm working on this wow. election cycle. Wow. So, awesome. but the work you're doing now, I'm sure, puts you in places where you're you're relating to people on both sides of the of the aisle, not just always Republicans. Yeah. yeah. So you know that's an interesting journey because this means you're sometimes relating to people and working with people who maybe stand in opposition to your faith mm-hmm. and even some of your values. So, how do you get to a place where you build a framework for how that happens? Where you know I need to be able to relate to them to yeah. accomplish the task. I've got to be able to um, be heard and to hear. How do, you, how do you get to that place in your faith, be able to work with people on both sides of the aisle? Well, that's, uh, that's um, it can be difficult sometimes. I'm, I'm a little bit unique in the fact that um, very few lobbyists um, 
probably you could count them on one hand out of the hundreds of lobbyists in Austin do political work. I mean, just mm. cold, hard political work like I do. The reason why is because you don't, you know, as a Republican, um, you know, the Democrat, you, 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 at one hand are, are kind of beating on the Democrats in, in right. uh, election mm. season. And then it's kind of difficult to come back into their office in, um, <laughs> In the when you're a lobbyist and say, "Hey, let's be friends now." Yeah. <laughs> Same yeah. way on the Democrat side, right? Um, but mm. I, you know, I'm very tailored in what I do. I, my my right now, my project Red Tex is focused in a in in South Texas in the border areas, and mm. it's focused from the county judge on down. So I don't do a lot of um, uh, campaigning um, in the legislative areas. Mm. There are a few that I, I do work for. I'd mentioned Senator Kelly Hancock, who uh, I just thank the world of. Mm. Um, Senator Brian Birdwell. Yeah. Uh, I've worked with Senator Birdwell a long, long time. will do anything that, that mm. I can to help him. Senator Tan Parker. Mm. And then a whole slew, um, uh, Angela Orr, who's my state representative over in Hill County, mm. and, and a whole slew of others. Um, but then there's those that, and and most of those those people we have we have very similar um, uh, outlooks on the world very uh, very uh, conservative in our in our political beliefs right. and but then there's others that uh, we have very 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 little in common yeah and but I have there's been times that I've needed to work with those people mm. and. Again, I don't work that much in the in the legislative area uh, on campaigns, except for some incumbent Republicans. Um, but you know, I'm I'm able to walk in and try to find an, an area where we agree, mm. and we start from there. Mm. One in, there's there's one in particular um, that is kind of an AOC type, uh, you know, very mm. uh, not out and out socialist, but very government. Intervention yeah. minded. Right. Um, she, uh, um, you know, kind of a tax and spender. Mm. You know, we need to, to take from the rich and give to the poor. Right. Um, and very, I'm not saying anti uh, Christian, but anti traditional Christianity. Okay. And um, uh, anyway, but we, we agree on some housing issues and some some development type issues, and we forged a a good working relationship on on those because you know she needs help from the Republican side mm -hmm. getting these type of, yeah. of issues through. And housing is a big issue right now, guys. I mean, mm -hmm. anybody that's bought a house in the past two years knows yeah. mm -hmm. right. you you I mean you you're paying a fortune for it, and the yep. inventory is just not there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a big deal. But we've forged a working relationship, and um, uh, uh, her first session, she wouldn't even smile. She was kind of angry at the world. Now, <laughs> she's she's much different, and uh, yeah. and she, uh, but she she's you know I I enjoy her. I I enjoy talking to her. Went to a fundraiser and have all these lobbyists standing around, and there's a bunch of Republican lobbyists, and they're mm. kind of how do you relate to this person? Mm -hmm. And everybody, you know, she shakes their hand and they, you know, here's a check and, uh, you know, right. they talk a second. They do two or three and, you know, she shakes their hand. She, it gets to me and she hugs me. Wow. And uh, I kind of, everybody, everybody kind of looks over at me. <laughs> yeah. It's just like you know, <laughs> this partisan, yeah. uh, conservative Republican and her. And it's like, what, what are they? <laughs> well, the reason why is because 
um, you know, I'm, I'm frank with her. I, mm-hmm. I, I tell her I can't do that or I can do this or, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, I, I appreciate her. Now, that's probably, that's the only thing so far I find out, found out that we're on the same side on. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it's, it's one thing. And, yeah. and I've, I've, we've, we've used that to establish a relationship. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. uh, that we, we both of us love Oak Cliff too. Yeah. So. Ah, yeah. nice. There's, there's nice. two things there. There you go. So, so you find that in being straight up, honest and real, about your faith and not being like this sly, sneaky, let me kind of passively be Christian. You say being just honest about your convictions maybe serves better. Um, not not being hostile about them, but. Well, that's funny because because of who I am, because of my, you know, 25 years now, 25 plus years, 30 years. Oh, that's a long time. Mm. In, in Austin, um, I kind of have have established who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't, you know, if I wanted to, I couldn't run from my uh, yeah. Christian faith. Right. Um, I'm who I am. Yeah. People know me as a believer. People know me as yeah. a follower of Jesus. And and those are my values. Those are the principles I stand on. Mm. And at the end of the day, you know, I walk into a room, you may not know me at first, but if you start asking around about me, every, everybody's going to say the same thing about yeah. me. Uh-huh. And yeah. so, so <clears throat> when you get, when you get Wayne Hamilton, yeah. you know, you get the gospel yeah. and yeah. that's kind that's of good. the way it is. Yeah. yeah. I experienced that recently. We were in Austin. Wayne was walking us around the Capitol and it didn't matter who we met. They all responded to Wayne in the same way. And I thought, Okay, this, it, Wayne's consistent wherever he goes, yeah. and everyone knows him in the same way, awesome. whatever side of the aisle they were on. So I'm curious because a lot of Christians today, as we sit, not able to walk the halls of Austin, develop relationships, we, we see what we see in the news or, or media, and a lot of Christians become very skeptical, and they're, they're looking to, like, how in the world can anyone even be in that environment mm-hmm. and, and be used by God? And they're looking to run from it and stay out of it. We don't even want to know about it anymore. But the scripture's full of people who were involved in government and, and political yeah. associations and offices. Moses, Daniel, Joseph, Isaiah, David, Esther, they yeah. all at one point or another had some interaction with the governing rulers. And God used them and God yeah. blessed them. Is there something you have learned from their lives that have helped you to get where you are today and to manage and be able to work and relate and be used by God? Oh, wow. There's a lot in that question. Yeah. Um, Sorry. It's long. <laughs> well, there's, when you look at, um, first of all, uh, yeah, I look at Joshua. What was the admonition to Joshua all the time? You know, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, yeah. be strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I I saw that in in Joshua back. Yeah, I guess when I first got into uh, the political world, um, is that you know he was the political leader. He was mm-hmm. he was yeah. in that group, and yeah. and you know God's message to him was be strong and courageous. It didn't say be a jerk. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. said be strong and courageous. Nice. And and so you know that was that that is I, I've always tried to be strong and courageous. Without being a jerk, I hadn't always 
I hadn't always won that inner fight, but because uh, 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 you talk to people say, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's because I don't have to try. <laughs> but, yeah. but um, and then I, th- I think that the key, and this is, this is not just politics, this is business, because yeah. I view myself as a businessman whose business is in the political world. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the people around me, I think, would probably agree with that. Yeah. Uh, but, but I look at um, being being direct, being uh, um, telling the truth, mm-hmm. um, and people will recognize this this uh, mm. um, admonition: uh, tell the truth, or at least don't lie. Mm. And uh, it it's it's um, that's extremely important because. Yeah. Being forthright and and telling the truth, even in uncomfortable situations, mm. um, is is so needed. I, I you know I look at the life of King David, mm. and who, wow! I mean, you look at all that he he uh, he did, and you know his his victories and his and his um, not defeats, but his his shortcomings. Yeah, and his his shortcomings. While his victories were great, and you know he was a man after mm-hmm. God's own heart, and we see the 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 victory after victory after victory on on the battlefield, but we also see that he refused to deal with um, uncomfortable situations, and it caused him. I mean, that was that was D- D- uh, King David's problem, whether it was you know whether it was his family or mm-hmm. you know within himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he refused to deal with difficult situations. Wow, and I. You know, I look at, I look at, you know, those difficult situations and whether it's interpersonally, mm-hmm. and and know that yeah, telling the truth, or at least not telling a lie, is puts you in awkward situations a lot and a lot of difficult situations. Mm-hmm. But it's better to do that and, yeah. and 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 deal with it and get it out in the open mm-hmm. and where where you can where you can deal with it and and that way you don't have have to worry about well I didn't I didn't address that problem it just kind of yeah. festers cuz that's what's I mean we all know that if you yeah. don't address it it's going to fester right yeah. and right. so you, you just from the from the start you you lay it out there and and I'm not saying let the chips fall where they may but yeah but it's something that has to be dealt with and yes it's uncomfortable for people and a, a lot of times but yeah. You know, it's better to it's better to get it out there. And I, I'm sure you found then that people respect you more when you do, rather than if you choose to hide or, or be insincere, covert. Uh, insincerity. I mean, people pick up on that really, really yeah. quick. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that, there's just absolutely no way to hide insincerity. Yeah. Right. Right. And um, people are going people are going to pick up on it. Yeah. Uh, you you lay things. You lay things out there and 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 address them, and what I have found is that people trust you more. Yeah, and I I will have legislators that know me very well will look at me and say, "Hey, I know you're working for this company, mm-hmm. but tell tell me the issue here, or what's going on, or how how do you think I should handle it?" and you know, there are times when I say, "Look, here's 
here's my client's position on this. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. <clears throat> the question you're asking me is, how is it going to impact you? And I, one of the things I always tell them is, just because a client, you know, my client or somebody in mm-hmm. even in your in your district thinks thus and such, you have to go home and look yourself in the mirror. You know, what's your conviction? Yeah. You've got to vote what is what is you're okay with. Yeah. And if you can't vote for it, whether it's against my client or or against somebody in the district, you, you just gonna have to vote against yeah. it. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. because you know, again, you you have to deal with God. I don't. Yeah. On, on on what you do. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. True. So it's true. You know, often the church has this idea that sharing your faith means you just walk up to people and you just start kind of cold call sharing your faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're a passionate guy. You you live by your convictions, not afraid to speak. But from what I've heard from and observed, you have found that there is more power in not just the cold call in your face. But in the intentional, I'm going to develop a relationship. I'm going to earn the right, even earn the relational right to share your faith. Did you say that's been true, your, oh. your approach? Oh, yeah, there's no question about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see that throughout the scripture. We see it in the New Testament for sure. It's kind of how Jesus even comes to earth. That's his purpose I, behind that. He, he, you know, Billy Graham, uh, he used to have the, the, the big uh, stadium rallies and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And that was evangelism at that time. That's right. that's what it was. And, and you know, it worked. It's what God had for him and everything. Um, I'm not saying that that time has passed, but from my observation, that's no longer a vehicle that's being used right. of God yeah. right now. Right. Um, we have, we have seen because of, of all the things um, that have happened within the, the, um, realm of Christianity mm-hmm. over the past, um, you know, two decades, three decades, you know, there's been a real erosion in, in people's confidence in, in Christianity. Oh yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, with people, they look at men and they, and, and, you know, the whole PTL scandal is mm-hmm. kind of what started mm-hmm. the unraveling of what I say is, you know, Modern day um, tele Christianity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when you, when people just they kind of worship a, a man or a ministry, yep. and yep. then when the ministry exactly. comes undone, oh, what's wrong with yeah. you know, what's wrong with as Christianity a whole, as a yeah. whole? Yeah. And and of course, you you knowing me as long as you have mm. know how irreverent I've always been about <laughs> about that type of um, mm-hmm. uh, those type of ministries, and still yeah. am to this day. It's um, um, you, they're going to fall, yeah. And the reason yeah. they're going to fall mm-hmm. is because men are involved, and yeah. you know, being somebody who believes in the doctrines of grace, yeah, total depravity is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. So, yeah, like you're saying, then public trust in the church mm-hmm. is eroded at that point. Mm-hmm. So you you can't just relate to people as though that trust is there. Yeah, you have to relate knowing I have to gain this person's trust before they'll ever want to hear me. It's relational ministry. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and have it to where they, they trust you. And, and you, you've, you've seen it. You've met some of the young professionals mm-hmm. around me. My life is about, about developing young professionals. Mm-hmm. And I spend, yes, I do uh, um, 
government affairs work. Yes, I do political work. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm you know around you know elected officials all the time. Um, but my what I get up in the morning wanting to do is to develop young professionals, spend time with them. Um, virtually all of them come from broken homes. Mm. Uh, I, 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 it's, it's interesting. I'm always careful when I say this. I spend a whole lot of time with girls. Mm. And, um, you know, 20 years ago, it's, oh, you can't spend time with girls. Right. Of course, in today's age, it's like, Oh, you're spending time with guys, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, but uh, I spend a whole lot of time with girls. I, I, you know, and I have a lot of guys that I invest into and, Mm -hmm. and obviously they're totally different types of relationships, but, but, uh, you know, I see girls that, that whose dads aren't in the picture a whole lot. Right. And uh, not all of them, but Mm. a lot of them Mm -hmm. and, and how, and, and all I can think of is, how important it is for dads to be dads, yeah, and, exactly, and to, and to so spend true. time with their daughters, and yeah. and um, you know, I, I can really look at these, you know, I I can look at these young professionals and and just go, you know, that girl, her dad has been very active in her life and everything mm-hmm. because of their level of confidence, their right. their level of leadership and everything, yeah. Yep. But it, it, dads are important, and I, and I see that. But I spend a lot of time developing those young professionals, investing in their life. Mm. And it's funny, usually a crisis will come, and the first thing they'll do is, hey, would you pray for me? Wow. Yeah, I will. Guess what? Let's, and, and we talk wow. a little bit more. And that, that, that opens the door for, yeah. for ministry. And, That's powerful. Well, so. That's awesome. Yeah, when they, over time, have developed trust in you, mm-hmm. seen you consistently live out your faith, be genuine, sincere. Then yeah. they're willing to listen. In fact, they come asking. Right. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to go um, beat the door down. They actually come to you. Yeah. You know, the consistency part, I think, is um, very, um, very important. <laughs> I, um, I, I try to be the same everywhere, all yeah. the time, no matter what's going on. Yeah. Uh, the, the, Again, the young professionals around me get a little bit freaked out when I start getting quiet because when I start getting <laughs> quiet, that means that, uh-oh, the, the things are falling apart because right. the more things fall apart in, in whatever it is that we're doing, the calmer and quieter I become. Wow. Trying to project stability. So when I start getting quiet, they start freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's I mean, this is, this is kind of ministry that Jesus did. I mean, exactly. the Bible says he... He came and took on flesh and blood like us, tabernacled among us, lived among us. And, mm-hmm. and this is where uh, we develop love for him because of how he loved us. This is how Jesus entered a city when he ministered. This is how he sent the disciples to go mm-hmm. into a city to find a house, stay in that house, mm-hmm. share your faith. And if, if the people don't respond, shake the dust off and move on. Yeah. So it's really just putting into practice what, what Jesus did and how he ministered as well exactly and and there you know two verses from the new testament that i think clearly illustrate these points of sharing your faith with wisdom and discernment this first one's from colossians 4 5 and 6 says walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one so again very specific tender, compassionate, mm-hmm. with wisdom and with discernment. Mm-hmm. And then this passage from 1 Peter 3.15 
says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And so to me, that's what it sounds like you have been putting to practice in your um, business, you could say, you know, Mm -hmm. and with uh, earning that relational right with sincerity and with compassion. Mm -hmm. And so uh, anything else from those two verses that stick out? Well, you know, everything about, you know, a relationship, um, I'm, I'm real careful uh, about how people perceive me and, and, and especially when it comes to Christianity because mm-hmm. Christianity, I, I'm, I'm kind of at the point to where when, when people use the word Christianity, it you want to go define your term. What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, exactly. because are, are you talking about the, the uh, as in the Middle East, you say they mm. use Christian as kind of an ethnic term. Mm. Uh, are you, <clears throat> are you talking about, um, uh, you know, there, there's this um, term the left come up, has come up with called Christian nationalist, Yeah, which everybody knows yeah. is, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to relate it with, with, um, uh, um, what do they call them? The not uh, <clears throat> white nationalist, and yeah. you know it, it's a race, mm-hmm. it's a racial um, um, uh, association, right? And I, I have no idea what that means. The, the term means. I mean, they just yeah. make up terms, yeah. and yeah. and uh, uh, you know, people say, well, it means that you believe that America is a Christian nation. Well, what do you even mean by that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> are, true. Are, are you trying to tell me? You know, George Washington did not, you know, hold to the tenets of Christianity. Right. right. Well, he sure claimed to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. and 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 you look at all of our founding fathers, and I mean, there's a few exceptions. Most right. of them did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. so when people start talking about Christianity, I, I always want them to define the term. I. I, I like Larry the Cable Guy, I heard him. His dad, <laughs> his dad was a Baptist pastor, hmm. and so I, I was listening to him talk to Danica Patrick one one day, and uh, he said, um, and he asked about his faith, and he said, "I view it like this." He says, "I'm a follower of Jesus," hmm. and that's it. Whatever term that you want to add to that is your business, hmm. but that's where I am. And yeah, you know, hey. Who am I to argue with Larry the Cable Guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, a couple of years back, we we talked some, and I remember you saying that. Now, I, I was kind of confused at first as what you mean. Like, you know, I don't want to be labeled as um, a Christian or Baptist or any of those type of terms or even, you know, even conservative or, you know, name the political figure follower. I just want to be known as a Jesus follower. So, I mean, yeah. hearing all this, I, it makes more sense, especially mm-hmm. in the yeah. realm in which you walk. Yeah, for and sure. Where there are so many different definitions and titles and uh and dr mike mcdowell of of the alamo uh college system who's written a book on world religions yes um him and i've had the discussions uh those discussions quite often and he's the same way he says i just um describe myself as a follower of jesus yeah 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 that's That's awesome that's the best in the state so i've known wayne for a long time so back in the 80s I, i knew wayne and wayne um wayne was 
Wayne's always been direct and bold and not afraid to create an awkward moment. But back then, <laughs> he had even less of a filter for that. So <laughs> Wayne would say things in certain settings, and I would cringe and just watch what was going to happen next. And people would get upset, and and wild things happened as a result. So uh, again, I remember funny stories, even in church, where Wayne was not afraid to create the awkward moment, make a point. So we're sitting in Ovilla Road Baptist Church back in the day uh, with pews, nice building. It's the day of hymns and the order of service and people in suits and women in dresses and your hair done up well and everyone's looking formal. And Wayne comes in in blue jeans and no shoes and props his feet up on the back of the pew and everyone is just like, oh, I can't believe he's doing this, you know, that kind of thing. So that's not who Wayne is today. How do you how do you go from being that guy then to this guy now? How all of a sudden do you have this relational sensitivity, this sense of I need to I need to earn the relational right to be able to share my faith. I want to look for what's common ground. I want to I want to be genuine. I want to care for people. I'm willing to play the long game. That's different Wayne than I knew back in the 80s. How do we how do we get from that Wayne to this Wayne? Well, let me first say, back then, I didn't care what people thought about me. <laughs> okay. And I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, All right. There, there is, you know, obviously there's difference. You know, you, you age, you learn things. Um, I, I, prob- I actually probably care less what people think about me now than I did back then. The difference is um, uh, I am... I'm very busy, and I don't have time for um, for a lot of um, you know people having to deal with drama. I don't deal with drama, by the way. It's just yeah. like, yeah, you're gone. And uh, <laughs> uh, so that part's still the same. Yeah. yeah. And so if if I, I would, you know, in back in the '80s, I would say something, and then you know everything explode and. Mm-hmm. Fine, I you know everybody has a right to say what they want to, and people to get mad, and I'd kind of think it was funny, yeah. and and um, but but it, all that took energy and time. Um, most of the time, you know, like I say, I I just really don't care what you think of me, and I really don't mm-hmm. in in most cases don't care your, your opinion. Mm-hmm. But so when people, um, rather than than. Um, say something I know is going to get a reaction that's going to cost me a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of drama mm-hmm. and everything. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't care what you think. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's just, it's <clears throat> great. You got your opinion. Who cares what you think? Right. And, and it's not to, it's not to be mean. It's just, I don't, ha- I don't have time. And um, this is going to sound really bad, but you're not significant enough mm-hmm. in, in, um, my plan and what I'm trying to do in order mm-hmm. for me to engage with you. Right. If I engage with mm-hmm. someone on something like that, that because I've been direct, it's somebody I've got an investment in, somebody I, I you know, care about, say something mm-hmm. about, um, uh, say something, I, I say something in order to, to make them stop and think about yeah. whatever it is that the, the subject is. Yeah. Uh, but I will tell you, um, I'm known for directness now. Um, 
I, I, I don't, I don't blink at it. And um, interestingly enough, professionally, I've learned to monetize that. Mm. And um, everybody, everybody kind of goes, what? And I, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, people pay me obscene amounts of money uh, to deal with uh, uncomfortable situations yeah. and deliver bad news. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's like the truth's going to come out sometime, guys. Yeah. Um, now's probably the best time. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, yes, if you want to pay me to do it, I'll take care of the situation right now. And people yeah. go, sure. Yeah. And, and well. it's... it's um, but you're not just walking the halls of Austin just saying, hey, you're a this and you're a oh, that no. and get out of my way. I don't have time for you. That, that's no, not you. No, that's not me. No, look, one of the things Jim Pitts taught me he taught me a lot, but one of the things he taught me when I worked for him was the art of being charming. Okay. And wow, there you go. And that's, that's how what, you got Kara. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, I wished I could say that's a that. Story. It, yeah. yeah. It was not. Yeah. You, you remember that. I so, do. I do. Yeah, God bless Chris Southward. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was, but anyway, it's, um, uh, and, and that's one of the things I teach all of my girls is, is that. You know, be charming, don't be inappropriate. Mm -hmm. But we can go in and charm the socks off people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people, um, and, and, and doing that, it also opens up relationships. Yeah. But yeah. if, if, if um, uh, again, the part about being direct, the part about telling the truth, the part about, about um, you know, not lying to people is that when you tell them something, they know... Wayne's not fake. Yeah. Wayne's yeah. not uh, Wayne's not giving you some line or 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 stringing you along mm -hmm. or making you think one thing. Mm -hmm. Um it it's when he tells you something, you can depend on it. Yeah. And that's the kind of person I want to be. I I, yeah. I want to I want to be, you know, responsible. I want to be dependable. Uh, I want to when I'm given an assignment and I accept it that I yeah. you know, I do everything I possibly can to, to yeah. uh, make it happen. As a result of that, um, you know, I'm the guy that fixes people's problems. When, yeah. Yeah. If, if something pops up that's difficult and uncomfortable, I get a call from the governor's office and said, hey, we got a difficult, uh, yeah. uh, uh, uncomfortable problem that we need you to handle. Yeah. You know, I go, okay, what is it? And then I go, what? Yeah. Okay, and then, then you handle it. So, yeah. Well, and I think that kind of consistency over time, because again, as you pointed out, even in your work history, you're not just in and out of places. You're you're long term into what you do. And yeah, I know that's true of your relationships as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if we went back to the Kara story in the yeah. beginning, it's it, it's a story again of just persistence and time. <laughs> persistence, yeah. <laughs> when it wasn't love, wasn't being returned initially. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it honest. was a smile ministry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A long one. No, <laughs> no he eventually wins Kara's heart mm -hmm. is what happened. God, you know, gives him favor and all that. But the same thing has happened in your work. Over time, consistency, staying with it, being genuine, being sincere. And I hear you talk about the people that you have mentored and work with. And it's always with care and compassion and pouring into their lives. And I see all of that. And it's just, so again, I think it's, I think that's how God's blessed you into yeah. these in these realms of where I'm going to build relationship with people. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be compassionate. I'm going to be genuine. I'm going to be honest, very straightforward. You're going to be who you are. 
But it's with this long game approach of just investing in people, investing in people. And the result in those people is what, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm proudest of, I guess. Yeah, is sure. I look at, you've met Betsy that was my assistant mm-hmm. for 13 years. She's an incredible lady. She uh, she works for a cybersecurity firm, and as nice. as I tell people, yeah, she's uh, she's taking over a cybersecurity firm. And if, <laughs> if you know Betsy, she if there's a problem, she'll she'll solve it. And um, she she walks in and organizes stuff. And wherever she is, she just slowly takes over. People can't do something. People fail. She mm-hmm. just and before you know it, Betsy's running the division or whatever it is of whatever wow. it is you're doing. Yeah. Um, I look at uh, uh, Tabitha Vasquez, who is uh, uh, used to be one of my assistants. She she is a great leader. She uh, she uh, uh, her dad was military, mm-hmm. very strong um, uh, family unit there. She grew up in, but she uh, is the policy senior policy director for uh, Governor Abbott right now. And she wow, great story there. She is an incredible lady. Uh, Romina Black has her own business. Uh, cancer survivor, mm, mother, wow. uh, smart, unbelievably smart. Mm. Um, um, you know, my business partner, Judson uh, Stafford, and, and um, uh, Bonnie Dromgul, who is, uh, she just, um, she was very, very shy. And uh, anyway, she worked for me for about five years. And then she got married and and uh, wow. she was sitting at home and she uh, looked down and saw an ad for an influencer that she stalked. And uh, she just called and said, I'll, I'll be your executive assistant. Wow. She, now she's an executive assistant for some big fashion influencer. Wow. That's then, crazy. And then, of course, Maddie, who you met. She, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, my phone's over there blowing up. I'm yeah. hoping it's her on her way to the hospital to have a baby. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Again, this is, this is the pattern that Jesus talked about. He said, you know, don't seek to have servants. So the greatest among you will be the one who's the servant of all. So that's what I hear. You know, you, yeah. you meet someone. What can I do to meet the need that they have yeah. and develop a relationship with them? Be there. Be consistent. And that's how you've mentored. That's how you've trained. Yeah. That's how you've gained relationships of influence. That's how you got to where you are. You just didn't walk into Austin demanding yeah. your way. <laughs> no, you I didn't. Walk, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. You, you, you can, but you don't get anywhere. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. you, those that do that end up on you know a bus ride out pretty quick. Yeah. And you didn't go in there just like shotgun gospeling everyone oh, yeah. or anything right. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how long now? You've been in Austin? How many years? Uh, close to 30. I'm pushing 30. So. Wow. wow. And I would imagine then you're you're even just now seeing some of the greater fruit of mm-hmm. all of that. Oh, yeah. It, it's, uh, I, I, I was a, one of my business partners now in the lobby, Chris Britton, uh, uh, him and I were walking. All these people were telling me, "Hey Wayne, hey, hey." Yeah, I have no idea who most of them. Are. <laughs> but but I, it's it's really neat to walk into an office and see somebody that's worked for me, mm. or a guy, somebody that's the cool. chief of staff wow. that used wow. to work for me. And there's a bunch of those. Mm. And uh, there there are you know, and, and then I mentioned Tabitha. To see Tabitha where she is is mm. just. Uh, and and Romina, these are Romina worked for me back in the late '90s, early 2000s, and wow. she's got a flourishing um, uh, business. It's a it's a um, uh, interior design remodel mm. type um, business, and she's doing a phenomenal job. Very very proud of her. And, wow. And uh, <clears throat> so and, and her husband too. He's uh he's the government affairs uh, 
director for um, for uh, ERCOT. Wow. Wow. Mm. It's awesome. So in culture today, um, people go to work, people live in communities where um, we all are experiencing where our convictions as Christians are not always that of the whole culture. And it's becoming a more volatile situation where there's an expectation for us to adopt and accelerate or accept and celebrate uh, everyone else's lifestyles and approaches and to be more silent in our faith. What do you say to people who are wanting to share their faith in their work environment, in their family environment, in their community, but it's volatile? What do you say to them? Well, one, be, obviously be careful if there's somebody that is, uh, and there's, they're out there. I mean, that they're, they lead with their mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, just stay, one, stay away from them. Yeah. Uh, if you find yourself in, in uh, uh, situations where, you, where you're with someone or you're friends with someone or your neighbors with someone, the first thing that, that doesn't have the same values as you, the first thing you do is just, you got you got to make friends with with them. Mm-hmm. You got to make friends with people. Mm-hmm. And look, it doesn't matter what your sin is. You've got needs, mm-hmm. and everybody you know everybody's got problems. Everybody's got problems. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. You've got problems. You've got issues, and that doesn't make you. That doesn't you know your neighbor could be um, uh, hooked on opioids. Right. That's a mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Yeah. They have a need. Yeah. You know, doesn't matter what that need is. The first place to start is developing a relationship. Yeah. And you can't, you got to be careful because people will dump their problems on you mm-hmm. and, and try to make you responsible for their problems. Mm-hmm. But you're, when you do that, you're not doing them any good. Right. You know, they need, that's part of their problem. They, other people have all, always kind of, um, yeah. take it, taken the, the consequences, um, away from, from those people's actions. You know, God gave us consequences. He's given me the consequences <laughs> for what I've done to teach us and, and, and to help us get past uh, those things. Yeah. And so um, you can't take on other people's, the responsibility for other people's um, problems. Right. You can help them in a relationship where they learn how to deal with those problems. Yeah. That's good. What about in a work environment, though? I mean, people are believers are being oh, yeah. put into awkward situations or, or difficult situations, I guess we could say, where they're being asked to uh, take part in sensitivity training and then and then to relate in certain ways on the job. Maybe for them, they feel like they're compromising their convictions. What do you say to them? Yeah, that's one of the one of the things that when you're working for someone else is you're on you're on their terms. Yeah. And if they say, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't, you've got, you've got to respect what, mm-hmm. what their yeah. company rules are. Yeah. Now, if they're trying to proactively make you participate in something that you don't want to participate in, then that's a different story. Right. And that's kind of where, where the line's drawn. Yeah. If, if, um, it's rainbow month and you, and, and the guy beside you has a rainbow on. Mm-hmm. Great. L- let him have his rainbow on. If, right. if the company has a sign that's got a rainbow, let him have the sign. Now, if they want you to wear a t-shirt with 
mm-hmm. the rainbow, you know, a rainbow friendly something mm-hmm. on it. And you and it's like, no, that that's not where my convictions are. Right. It's at that point that you know, when yeah. when you're being compelled mm-hmm. to come in yeah. to to do something that you don't want to. Mm-hmm. My suggestion is the guy in the cubicle next to you with a, a, a rainbow shirt on. Why don't you make friends with him? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Why don't Why don't you Why don't you sit down and establish a relationship with that person? Yeah. Because I guarantee you, whether they have a rainbow on their shirt or not, that person has needs. Yeah. And yeah. they so have good. issues in their life. Yeah. And are you scared of them? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, come yeah. on. Let yeah. you know. It's it's we've got we you know it's about reaching out and sharing with others and yeah. and helping. Yeah. yeah. And again, because of cultural changes, it may take longer today than it did back in 1980, you know, Definitely. or in the 70s. And mm-hmm. Billy Graham could just roll into town and say, I'm going to do a conference uh, or convention yeah. and, right. and people pour out of the out of their streets to go to it. Yeah. That's right. That yeah. day's gone. And um, it, it, it's a process. People want to know they can trust someone first. So that relational trust so happens often slowly over mm-hmm. time through difficulty. Mm-hmm and being available in that moment. So that's Great. awesome. So I know you live a very busy life, active life. Um, in the midst of all that, how do you, how do you recenter? How do you, how do you love your wife? How do you keep your sanity during all of this? Well, um, Karen, and I have been married 35 years mm, and, nice. and uh, I kind of, we spend a lot of time together and, and always have. And mm-hmm. we, um, um, we communicate very directly. Okay. And uh, we probably, in our lifetime, we hadn't had less than half a dozen fights. Wow. Uh, we, just, we just don't. I mean, because, yeah. the reason why is because things don't fester because mm-hmm. we do communicate so directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, we spend a whole lot of time together. Uh, obviously our, our, uh, faith is, is important to us. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get up, it's funny. I, I, I kind of do the same thing every morning and have for my entire, since I was a teenager. And that is I get up in the morning and the first thing I put on is Maranatha. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's the seventies yeah. and eighties Maranatha yeah. stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I was listening to it all the way up here this morning. And, wow. uh, nice. and that, that is, that's how I start my day. Wow. And, um, you know, uh, not, nothing wrong with Hill songs. You know, <laughs> music. They got great yeah. music. It's just not, you know, yeah, it's, sure. it, I'll listen to it. But it's, it's just kind of the basics, the simplicity of, yeah. of, uh, of, um, I mean, the that's, gospel. yeah. And that's the music that's, that was yours back when you first come into faith, really, right. I guess, in, mm-hmm. in more personal way. Right. So that's still is special to you, obviously. You spend oh, yeah. time with Kara. Which again is just another example of here's here's living sincerely, here's living forthright, here's living consistently over time. Yeah. And and then it's that's what that's what God blesses in a marriage, that's what God blesses in relationships, and that's what God will bless even in sharing the gospel with others. So that's good. That's awesome. It's great. Well, Wayne, thanks for being here. You today. bet. It's, it's been fun. And I love good seeing you. Love catching up, and I'm I'm grateful for our, our hearers, listeners, and watchers be able to hear the story and see what God has done in your life. So, uh, it's our prayer that uh, the truth of the gospel and how we share the gospel will will help you in your process as we all seek to live out our faith today in a culture that is not so friendly to the gospel, yeah. but uh, to that is what we are called. 
and to that we have wisdom in how to do that so that we may know how to give an answer to those who ask us about our faith. So uh, keep lifting them up, living them out, and uh, thanks again, Wayne, for being here with us today. You bet.